You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up, everybody. I'm your host, Asher Matthew. And today, I'm super excited to speak with Steve from Adalia. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Asher. It's great to be here. We're going to talk about aligning marketing to outcomes one of my favorite topics. And so Steve, please tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am the vice president of demand generation for Medallia, which is a software applica- or software enterprise software application that supports customer experience management uh, for companies. Uh, it's never more important than now than to understand customer needs and be able to under- uh, manage them, optimize satisfaction, drive retention and, and growth. Terrific. Well, welcome to the show. And I know the topic we're going to talk about uh, is super exciting for a lot of people, especially in this time, because everybody's looking for outcomes. Everybody's trying to figure out, like, how do I get a high return on marketing spend? So let's kick it off by defining growth marketing. Absolutely. So growth marketing, in my view, is the multidisciplinary approach to marketing that aligns and focuses marketing teams so that we can deliver consistently direct business growth contributions. Now, you'll notice that I have a very different definition than demand generation consciously because effective growth marketing requires the orchestration of all the marketing disciplines and workflows to be able to deliver the outcome. So we want to align the functions to focus on program design, the messaging, the creative assets, the media planning, even the customer experience delivered through the MarTech stack that are all coordinated deliver defined growth outcomes. Now, this I think this sounds obvious that, of course, marketing is aimed at driving results, but often the org structure and even the roles and responsibilities within marketing teams don't take the form of delivering this. So a good example I have is that if product marketing creates go-to-market materials, for example, they create a, a, a written asset um, and it's handed off to a demand gen team and they're told to go, just go execute a campaign and get out there and get it out um, as best results as possible. Why is it reasonable to think that that individual campaign is going to deliver the outcomes that the company looks for? The better approach is to start from the outset of building integrated campaigns that define the assets that are required to deliver the outcomes. Right? Start with your objective, define the assets, the vi- virtual and physical events, other engagement programs that are built specifically to fit into the campaign that lasts a certain duration. And each asset created is designed to play a role in order to to deliver the outcome. So that really focuses, again, multiple marketing teams, product marketing, creative, media, all aimed at supporting the campaign to execute to deliver the outcomes. So it sounds to me that this is demand gen plus lead gen. Because as an aspiring marketer, I was always taught to look at things as how many, which activities rapidly expand your brand, and then which activities rapidly increase leads. So am I thinking about this the right way? I think if you if you are a marketer and you think that your outcome that you're responsible for is leads, then you're probably missing the point. Marketing ever more uh, directly 
is being held accountable. It is measured by the direct contribution to, to revenue growth bookings if you're in the software business, um, whatever the sales revenue driver is. And so while leads are important because the first step in the process, the understanding of the entire funnel for reaching the desired audience, telling the story, under, uh, being able to deliver your competitive differentiation, um, and creating the experience that will engage and ultimately result in conversions is really the outcome we're looking for. So, for example, myself in marketing, we're held accountable to pipe generation. So it's the first stage before sales. So we enter the process with delivering a certain number of leads, but um, we also have to understand that the lead number that we deliver is, is almost immaterial. What really matters is how many leads that we deliver reach the sales team that result in a meeting, which the salesperson actually um, believes there's enough of a sales opportunity that they, they progress that through the, the process. So um, the, the closer that you tie yourself to revenue, the more that marketing is valued as a, as, as a direct strategic resource. Fantastic. So I feel like like you've shared the concept with us, right? But there's a framework behind it that's worked for you, or maybe you have fine-tuned over the years. So can you share your framework for growth marketing? Of course. The uh, and it's it's growth marketing is not the <laughs> it's not the easiest uh, way to go to market because it really requires um, some changes in the way that marketing operates. Um, all the individual marketing disciplines still have to be best in class. The product positioning aligning value proposition to personas, um, the data infrastructure, the MarTech stack to deliver experiences, um, the creative has to really be effective, um, the data analytics have to be able to be uh, accurate and aligned to what metrics and stages you need to uh, measure to optimize. Um, but it really forces the uh, process to be coordinated around driving towards the outcomes. And that's probably the org structure that's that's most uncommon. Um, I think the, the model where you have a marketing organization with discrete disciplines um, that are operating fairly independently, um, that are not coordinated around uh, the outcome is, is probably the hardest uh, barrier internally to overcome. So the CMO has to believe in that model, uh, the uh, buy-in and alignment. And of course, not every activity that product marketing, for example, uh, supports is going to fit neatly into a campaign. There will be individual events, there'll be user conferences and field activities that will be discrete activities. Um, but overall, when you look at the uh, the companies that really deliver consistent marketing contribution to growth, there is commonly this approach. Um, and it does force the alignment, the the ability to say, look, we, we know where we need to be at the end of the quarter, the period that we're being measured, um, working backwards to identify what we need to do to get there, what are the audience we're trying to get in front of, what's the experience we have to deliver, what's the engagement um, through that that funnel that we need to be able to create is, is absolutely critical. And, and I think you're understanding you know, your target audience. You know, For example, if you are uh, selling a product that's unknown, if you have a brand that's newer to the marketplace, um, there might be more heavy lifting on, on brand awareness that has to feed into the process first. And that's 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 okay. That's, that's part of the process. But um, if, if those coordinated activities, between, for example, between brand and demand gen aren't, aren't working properly or nurturing, then it's really, really hard to get to the outcome. Interesting. And so it sounds like in the, your years of doing this, you must have learned some lessons that if you were to warn me <laughs> to not make the same mistakes, I would be a little further. So share with us the pitfalls to watch for. Yeah, I think the pitfalls are probably most driven by the 
assets that are being created uh, within marketing, um, there's often loud voices in companies that are asking for content to be created for certain purposes and not to dismiss those as not being important, but um, really ensuring that some portion, you know, reasonable percentage of the capacity of marketing is being dedicated to this model is, is incredibly important. When um, the marketing team start to work independently and are creating assets or creating positioning documents or creating brand campaigns that are not aligned against what the objectives are, then it's really hard to pull together an integrated campaign that is working in concert, that tells a story over time. Um, I think all of us have been exposed to marketing programs where either we see different discrete messages being delivered by companies that don't feel, uh, or at least feel disjointed, or um, are not actively telling a story over time where it's really hard to understand. Um, you know, I think everyone wants to say, what's in it for me? What problems are you to solve for me? How are you to help me be more successful? And if you can build campaigns, design them where that story is unfolding in an engaging way, um, and, and hopefully even create a little bit of an emotional connection to your audience, then your chances of success are much, much higher. Terrific. And I feel like, like the modern marketer has to use, or at least has a lot of data at their disposal. And, and if I was doing marketing all day long, I'd actually be confused with what data do I use when, right? Uh, but but I feel like you have some perspective on the, the role of data in growth marketing and and how to effectively use it towards an outcome. So share with us a little bit on that topic. Yeah, and actually, we could probably spend another half hour talking just about MarTech and data specifically. But um, I, I think one of the, um, the pitfalls or, or factors to keep in mind is that um, as regards to MarTech, because every MarTech solution we deploy as marketers creates its own data set, right? We have new experiences that we're delivering. There's new ways we're engaging. There's new ways perhaps to optimize and personalize experiences. Um, and I think it's important to recognize when you when you deploy marketing solutions, you have to have a plan for not only how what's the strategy for its usage, you have to understand how it's going to fit in the overall ecosystem of your MarTech stack, because they have these each of these applications have to talk to each other in order to create the consistent experience. Um, and, and perhaps most importantly, you have to define a person on your team who's going to own that solution. Because when we talk about data, um, we, we start to get to the point as marketers where um, it's not a matter of not having enough data. It's the question of, do we have data that lets us really understand the true story of how we interact, how we drive engagement, um, both at the individual level, at the account level, within the ABM framework, um, can we really understand the buying signals that customers and, and prospects exhibit um, to pull this in and drive decision making? So, um, with data, you know, obviously data is incredibly important. Um, the, the biggest challenge is how do you aggregate data in ways that can be easily understood? Um, how do you have a data reporting system that both supports aggregate level reporting for for Uber trends and for executive communication? as well as the ability to drill down at a very granular data uh, level um, and uh, to drive decision-making that's really necessary for, for campaign optimization. So, um, you know, the, 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 like I always tell people, for your data architecture, you're, it has to align against your business strategy, it has to align against your objectives of what you're trying to accomplish, um, and it has to align against your marketing strategy. And so ensuring that your data environment is providing you the insights that allow you to make informed decisions is, is really at the end of the day what you're trying to accomplish. 
Super interesting. And and I think the key point you made there is there's got to be a person that owns it because there's like data flying all over the place, you know. And and even in a small company as we are, right? And we have we're we have <clears throat> we're experiencing humble beginnings, but but we have so much data and and I sit there thinking like what do I do with all this stuff? Like where do I go, right? Like how do I make sense out of it? And and it wasn't until I made it somebody's job to say, okay, you've got to connect these two pieces together and then give it to us so that we can grab the insight that the data was that became alive. That, okay. Yeah, that, I guess yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I, I think that translating the data, because often the data is provided by these different systems in, in a format that's not conducive to decision making. It's not conducive to analyzing and understanding trends. So probably the biggest uh, benefit of da- of having somebody own the data, whether it's an analyst or an operator of the system, is is tasking them with transforming the data into a view that informs and and, and allows effective decision making. Superb. And I guess I have one burning question for you. And I know we didn't talk about this before, but how should one think about offer strategy in these days? I think you really want to layer offer strategy into different elements of your campaign. So in the B2B world, we talk about uh, programs that are upper funnel where we know we're trying to uh, place our story in front of people and companies that may be just starting to buy our journey or unfamiliar with us. And so aligning the content asset or the the call to action um, in a way to help introduce yourself, explain your value prop, perhaps uh, introduce your competitive differentiation. Um, And as you you go down the funnel, as as you start to track through the buyer journey, um, being able to align the offer strategy with what um, the intended outcome is. So if, for example, you're, you're hosting a a mid-funnel or bottom-funnel virtual event, because we, we obviously can't do physical events anymore in, in pandemic world. Exactly. Um, you know, the question is, how, how can you break through? How can you uh, provide incentive that will both um, be meaningful to the person that you're trying to reach, um, but it always has to come down to, you have to provide value um, to them. So I think you look at the offer as a sweetener. Um, oftentimes when we're asking people to respond to a campaign, the currency they're using to get access to the value that we provide is, is their contact information. And so we want to provide a compelling reason for why they'd want to provide their info, give them value. And if we can educate them, help them more informed, it's much, much more likely to continue to engage with you as you communicate with them through their buyer journey. Well, this has been fantastic. You know, you've defined growth marketing very simply, I would say. You've given us a framework to think about. You've shared a few pitfalls. And then you've actually told us, if you don't have somebody that you can make this a job for, don't do it. So this is great. Thank you so much for sharing that that insight. Thank you. So as we conclude the podcast, who would be two other people that you would recommend that we bring onto the show as guests to share with us more about go-to-market insights? I have two recommendations. Um, they're both co- uh, former uh, peers of mine or coworkers of mine, um, and they, they sit in different worlds. Um, the first person is Chris Lynch. Chris is currently the CMO for a company called Kuyu, and uh, Chris is the rare marketer that, um, at a CMO level, is deeply immersed in technology and data and really values the contributions it makes as, 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 as completely co-equal with, with branding communications. Um, and some really unique perspectives. And then I'd also like to recommend Kayla Garrison, who um, actually runs go-to-market for Medallia. Um, again, a person who's highly analytical um, and really understands the roles of, of these platforms and data within the context of how companies can really optimize their go-to-market strategies. 
superb. We will invite them to the show. All right, we always end with this thing, which is a little bit of a fun thing, where we would like to condense the podcast into a hashtag. So, Steve, what would your hashtag be? Well, I think my philosophy on marketing is I want we want everybody to walk away with the perception that marketing absolutely is a key driver of business growth. It's a strategic asset for companies. So my hashtag suggestion is marketing drive sales. Perfect. Perfect. All right. And if folks want to get in touch with you because they're inspired by something that you said and they want to know more or maybe learn more how to action growth marketing in their own organizations, how could they get in touch with you? Yeah, I would love to, uh, to connect people. They can reach me through LinkedIn. Uh, uh, my profile is Ms. Steve Aronsoff. Terrific. Well, Steve, once again, thank you for coming on to the show and best of luck. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.